0: This episode of No Quarter is sponsored by the Underground Retrocade. You love these games, and the way you want to play them is on the original cabinets. You want to see the side art, you want to feel the controls, and you want to hear Katrina and the waves on the stereo. And whenever you're in the Chicago area, the place to find that authentic arcade experience is the Underground Retrocade. With row after row of those classic games you love, you'll be staring at Phosphor and walking on sunshine. The Underground Retrocade, 121 West Main Street, West Dundee, Illinois.
1: i'm mike mcginnis and i'm carrington vanston and this is no quarter a weekly podcast about classic video arcade game things that you like to play
0: that's catchy
1: it is and easy to say too <laughs>
0: Very get the bumper stickers <laughs> printed i like it. how are you sir i'm fantastical
1: <laughs> you're not awesome you're fantastical this week
0: <laughs> not just fantastic but a fantastical i may have horns or like wings or something how about you
1: i'm doing all right it's a little bit early on a saturday morning but i'm sure the caffeine will kick in shortly
0: mm-hmm. we are doing a saturday recording double header recording actually two shows Ooh, um yep. uh, so a little later than usual but uh, we're pre-recording the show after this to do for next week because our listeners don't want to miss a week so even during the break we will have a show for them.
1: yeah so there won't be any feedback on on the next show that we're doing maybe we'll uh, get um,
0: feedback during this show and then we'll be able to oh, Well, read that that's on the true. Next show.
1: That, that, that would be very interesting, especially if they guessed the game that we were going to talk about.
0: <laughs> That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> we got lots of feedback for this show, though, because last week we complained that we had none. So everyone took pity on us and so we uh-huh. got a deluge of feedback. <laughs> so feed me some back, Carrington. Um, sure. So lots from, from the usual suspects. So it says Sean. He wrote in to say, um, After trying out Gypsy Juggler at the Underground Retrocade this weekend, I feel confident in offering this feedback. Gypsy Juggler sucks. (laughs) And the music is very creepy. And on top of that, I had to pay for my pop. How you guys were able to play that thing long enough to get your scores is beyond me. Um, mm-hmm. That was a very fascinating little history that Mike talked about. I was always convinced that Nintendo, that we're talking about the Donkey Kong here, that Nintendo just took the existing Donkey Kong levels and put in a few new twists because I always felt that the levels were so similar, at least in spirit, to those of Donkey Kong. But obviously, in hindsight, it wasn't quite that simple. I love video game lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention that Donkey Kong Jr. was represented on the mammoth blockbuster TV show, Saturday Supercade. That's right. I forgot about that. Junior would travel the country with his biker pal, Bones Bailey, to find his papa. You guys had talked about how Junior is a baby ape, not a monkey, but nobody at Ruby Spears Productions was made aware of the (laughs) fact because Junior's battle cry in the cartoon was monkey muscles, followed by monkey noises. I would have complained, but I was nine years old. I didn't know the difference. As for the music, I was very pleased to hear Mike talk about how it's boxed Toccata and Fugue in in D minor. But here's a little fun fact for you. In the game, the music is actually played in a lower key. So the composition that was specifically written to be played in D minor is actually in C minor. And guys, don't feel too bad about your scores. I checked uh, Orcade.com for my highest DK Junior score and 23,100. And this is after playing the game on and off for over 30 years. So, yep, you guys beat me, and I'll seriously doubt I'll ever come close to Carrington's score. This may be the reason why I was reading the email. Um, I just played <laughs> suck at Nintendo games, and I'm pretty sure, at least part of that reason, is that most of the games I played back in the day were either right-handed or ambidextrous. But because Nintendo had to be different, they made all their games left-handed, and the joysticks are so far over to the left that if I try cross-handed, I'm even worse. Curse you, Nintendo! Curse you! That's really a really good point, I thought, that um, Sean made about the left and right-handed, because that doesn't ever really affect me, because in playing in MAME, I'm playing on a custom controller of my own liking. So it does, I guess, give an advantage if you want the controller on one side versus the other. I suppose that's true. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Mm. Is that going to be your excuse going forward? Because you're a lefty, aren't you, Mike? Uh...
1: Now, see, I wish he hadn't mentioned that because now every time I beat you, that's going to be the excuse. Oh, it was a left handed <laughs> game and I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out.
0: I think that'll be your excuse every time you lose. It'll be like, oh, I couldn't do it because. Oh, sure, you know, absolutely, it will be. Yeah, your definitely. human controllers are no good for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um. So, more more of the usual suspects. Victor wrote in, or as he called himself, the Arch- Archduke of Tenpence. <laughs> Hello, Mike and Carrington. And I'll pause there to say that he put. Correctly, apostrophes on either side of the N. That is the way you get your stuff read on this show, baby. So he tells us that um, uh, we've just reviewed one of Alec's ex-co-hosts and his favorite game, DK Jr., It's a fantastic game and only gets better the more you play it and delve into the rules. A good source of info for Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. is www.donkeykongforum.com. They have hints and tips and have live streams of decent players. I think all the world record holders post on there. They are all very helpful. Alex's top score on Jr. is close to 200,000. Well, mine falls behind a bit with... Uh, being just shy of 150k. However, I am better than him on regular Donkey Kong, with my top being 238,000. Oh my goodness. Um Here's a picture of Alex's game room. As you said in the podcast, some people collect just one manufacturer's machines. Alex is one of them. I like all sorts with my death race arriving this Thursday. Can't wait. Excellent email, excellent photos. In fact, I think it was probably Alex's game room I was thinking of. I remember last show when i talked about how some people collect like a particular brand i kept thinking there's somebody who just does nintendo and i think it was alex i just couldn't remember (laughs) who it was so that's exactly what i was thinking of well done um also exciting about the death race cool cab to pick up that's awesome and the photos that he sent um of alex's game room we will throw those in the show notes as well because they're really cool he's such a great collection uh he's got all nintendo stuff so donkey kong jr donkey kong popeye uh he's got a my favorite the red tent. If I was gonna have a Nintendo cab, it is totally the red tent. Ah, oh, I want one so badly. Oh, and he also has a sheriff cab, which is crazy, super rare, very, very cool. Um. Anyway, we'll also have a link over to Donkey Kong Forum dot com for all your DK uh, linky happens. I like that I am... that forum has really good people who are also really helpful. That's a good combo.
1: Yeah, that uh, Donkey Kong Forum dot com is is it's a great place to go because the, the strategies that they get into for for gameplay are really really deep and. Like you said, all the all the, the top players hang out there, and when they were organizing the Kong offs and things, that, that sort of took place there. It sort of it's become the I guess internet hub, if you will, of Donkey Kong activity and, and league play happens. It's it's a great place to go and hang out, and everybody seems to be pretty cool there. I haven't seen a whole lot of um, some of the mm, perhaps meaner stuff that you see on on Klaven and in other places. That um, and there's a little bit, but but not a whole lot at DonkeyKongForum.com. And I'm super jealous of that game room.
0: Yeah, I, cool. I, right? I, want,
1: I want it. I I lust after it.
0: I don't because I'm less into the Nintendo Cabs. He says, having talked about Nintendo Cab last week and talking about a Nintendo <laughs> Cab this week. But still, I think it's more that because I'm so into the 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 games where it's more about like this controller can't be emulated or what have you. So little. I I like the Nintendo Cabs, but I'm not like jealous to own them all. Other than the red tent, super just, jealous about that. I want I one just, so badly.
1: I just want an arc game room of my very own so do i um, howard saunders wrote in he said uh, hello no quarterians my x arcade joystick just arrived thank you i never won the joystick of uh, the contest you say well whew that weekend i was browsing ebay uh, debating buying my favorite 8-bit computer i never owned and thought for this price i could buy an x arcade like in the contest so i did and was very relieved that uh, when i did not win the contest as i would have to as I would then have to deny it. Smiley face. Thanks again, Howard in colder Canada. P.S. I bought the big one with the trackball and it awaits Christmas Eve.
0: Nice. Good gift to self. Awesome. Hooray for fellow Canucks. That's what I say. Uh, That's what Greg, I say to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Greg Pollender wrote in and uh, hello, Time Lord Carrington and
0: Jedi Knight Mike. Ugh, stop it with that. No, I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll totally take Time Lord. Sultan You're Greg more dear? Sith, really, though. I really am. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: like the Jedi. Um Sultan Greg here. Really enjoyed your last show on on DK Jr. and I feel like an idiot for not recognizing the game. In my defense, sounds can be very hard to place. It's easier with music. But another thing that makes it easier is voices, and I could tell right away what game you guys are covering this week. Punch Out, great game. I enjoyed playing it in the arcades and played it any chance I could get. I uh, got to the last boxer but I couldn't defeat him. The model with the dual monitors was also a fun one to watch. The sequel was quite good, but I only ever played that a couple of times. Most people will know the this game Most people know this game due to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for NES, which is a great port uh, of the game, even if it changed quite a lot. And if anyone out there did not know what game you guys were doing, Ferg from uh, the Atari 2600 uh, Game by Game podcast, excellent podcast, by the way, highly recommended, uh, blabbed it to the world when he mentioned it on his Arcade Memories podcast that he released today. Uh, Also, since I love proving you guys wrong and don't get the chance to do so very often, Simon is still being sold. There are three versions of it, the old-fashioned normal one, uh, a smaller version, and a modified Simon game. And he's got a link to the one being sold at uh, Toys R Us. Uh, last week, we had talked about the, uh, the death of Ralph Baer, and one of his uh, in- inventions was the, the Simon sound and color matching uh, game that you could buy. And I don't, did we say it wasn't available
0: anymore? I don't remember that. But... I think we did. I think you oh. did. And I said, no, I'm sure that it is. And you muffled it, and you somehow muted my mic. This is the story I'm going to tell. I'm, I'm
1: content with that. Sure, I can get okay with that. I'm on board. Um, so, so uh, yeah. And,
0: and thank you very much. Uh, what else did we get here? Um, Chris wrote in to say, here's a link for your show notes. Does this count as feedback? Uh, so he sent us a link to an article on Destructoid.com from 2008 called The Identity Crisis of Donkey Kong Jr. Um, and yes, it counts as feedback because... Holy cow, I wish I had spotted this when we did the episode. So I'm going to read you the, just the opening and to wet everybody's whistle, but it's a run, do walk read. So it starts like this. When Donkey Kong Jr. was born in 1982, it was perfectly clear at the time who he was. The son of a popular pixelized primate who was destined for great things. But to ask who he is today will turn up several different answers. Some say that Jr. grew up to become the current Donkey Kong. While others say that he is a defunct character who has simply faded away with time. Even though he starred in only two games, he made so many cameos throughout the 90s that it just seems strange that he's no longer around. One day he was here, the staple of Mario-themed sports games, and the next he was just gone. I, for one, call shenanigans. And it's a great article, so it goes on to investigate... Who was Donkey Kong Jr.? Who is Donkey Kong Jr.? Where'd he go? Will we see a comeback? It's fantastic. (laughs) So it's the Identity Crisis of Donkey Kong Jr. And we'll have a link in the show notes. Really fun read for fans of the game. So well done, Chris. Nicely done. Nicely spotted. Um, Matt also wrote in to say, just listen to the DK Jr. episode and I'd like to propose the following for Carrington. I'll stop pronouncing Jif with a hard G if he stops referring (laughs) to Nintendo mascot as Mario. You know what? I'll totally take that deal because we'll both be more (laughs) accurate. I am terrible for saying Mario. I know it's supposed to be Mario. Here's my problem. um, Among my many problems are this. (laughs) I've had in my life two good friends who both were Italian guys whose names were spelled M-A-R-I-O, and they both pronounced their own names Mario. Their moms called them Mario. I called them Mario. It was you know Frankie and Mario. I played soccer with them, and it's like, get involved, Mario. And so it's it's drilled into my head that that's how that's pronounced. So it's difficult for me to, you know, change to Mario, even though it's supposed to be Mario. I think the other problem is, is even though Mario has been around for ages, it is still essentially a kind of offensive racist, racist stereotype of a mascot. <laughs> and so maybe I just have difficulty, you know, with the whole fake Italian, it's a me, Mario. So maybe that keeps me away as well, but mostly it's just that I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm terrible. I, I blame my friends. I blame my friends for all my problems. Um, Timothy wrote in to say if you asked, you asked if Donkey Kong Junior has a kill screen. Well, yes, it does. After you asked the questions, I wondered about it too, so I went and googled it. Not to imply that you guys were too lazy to Google, just saying. (laughs) And I discovered I discovered a cool page called kill screens end of the line hosted on the SkinnyCoder.com website i am neither skinny nor a coder but i still found it a good read it discusses kill screens in general and specifically talks about the ones in the original donkey kong plus junior and missile command dig dug galaga ms pac man and the original pac man or as i now call him because of your show mr pac woman (laughs) so excellent feedback excellent link so we will have that As well so it's kill screens the end of the line i took a look at it really nice yeah so it specifically talks about like well what is a kill screen and what is sort of the impact of that on gaming and kind of the fun of it and then looks at those specific games so super fun uh roger wrote in to say long time first time etc i finally have something to write in that you guys missed that you could add to your show notes when talking about donkey kong jr you forgot to mention that there were handheld versions too A great source for info and photos about handhelds is the HandheldEmpire.com website. Checking the site, there were no less than 16 different handheld versions of Donkey Kong Jr., more than were produced for the original DK even. There were tabletop versions, game and watches... Tiny keychain games shaped like mini Game Boys and some others so rare that even this site doesn't have any photos. Keep up the great work with the show. I listen to you every week. And I think you're tied with ATP for my favorite tech podcast, One Old, One New. Thank you, Roger. Holy cow. That wow. is high praise indeed. Yeah, and um, I like- I should, We've talked about HandheldEmpire.com before. I can't believe I didn't even think to look there, and I did look. I did also count them just as he, and yep, I, I spotted sixteen as well, including some really weird looking ones. So um, yeah, super cool. We'll have a link in the show notes. Well, well spotted, Roger, and thank you for the compliments. Um, blam wrote in just the name blam so hello blam i (laughs) know i know you aren't the biggest fan of of the commodore 64 insert pause here for you to grumble and grouse about the c64 and Uh, it's supposed supposed inferiority to the apple 2 then he says insert second pause here for you to grumble and grouse about my emphasis of the word supposed (laughs) anyway (laughs) one link you might want to add to your show notes anyway is a mention of donkey kong jr getting an unofficial commodore 64 port and he the a link over to that uh, retrocollect.com has the news about donkey kong jr getting that unofficial 64 port and also that led me to a um, review of it on youtube there's a c64 donkey kong jr review so i will post both of the, both of those in the show notes mostly because it actually looks like a really good port it's it seems to be it's a port not of the arcade game but a port of the atari 7800 version which is a really good version of the game and it's been ported over to the c64 and sort of c64 foreignized i don't know i don't understand that platform at all or its appeal frankly grumble, gross etc <laughs> um but thank you blam for writing in and i will put both links in the show notes
1: yeah nintendo arcade on twitter there uh, the uh um, twitter name is at nintendo arcade they also tweeted us uh to let us know that there was a c64 version and, and we should feel bad for, for not mentioning it I, I do night. feel I bad tweeted back and said well that's because it if it's not apple II, it's just not important Wait, I mean, I
0: don't feel bad. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, we'll do one more. Jessica wrote in to say, I was very happy that you and the other guy, <laughs> sorry, Mike, discussed Donkey Kong's uh, kid. <laughs> like you, this is why I read this one. Man, you are. <laughs> like you, I prefer Junior to the original, and it just gets better with age. It's a classic game with a fairly simple mechanic, but it never gets boring. Always a safe choice for your last quarter. One thing you forgot to mention is that the cutting room floor put the Donkey Kong Jr. code under the knife and did the usual bang-up job of finding tidbits like unused graphics. No secret levels or hidden messages in the code, though, unfortunately. It did teach me that there were two versions of the game. Donkey Kong Jr. with the Jr. spelled out and Donkey Kong Jr. with the Jr. abbreviated. Only the spelled out version was released in the US. The differences are pretty minor, though. Aside from the different logo on the splash screen, the later Donkey Kong abbreviated Junior version increases the number of characters permitted in the high score listing from the usual three to a whopping twelve. It also raised the default high scores, making it a little tougher to get your twelve letters onto the list in the first place. So thank you very much, Jessica. I I kept wondering why I would sometimes see this Junior and what the misspellings was it were. And it seems to be like in those versions, it also changes sometimes the order of the levels, which is why I think Mike and I were a little confused about, well, what order do things come in? So I think that helps clear it up a little bit that now knowing there were kind of two versions of the game, same game, though, same levels, just slightly tweaked um, between the long name junior and the short name junior. He's dead to me. <laughs> and then, you know, we don't even, ta- you know, Greg, Greg's letter that you wrote in, we talked about earlier. Talking about uh, Punch Out, which is this week's game. Um, frankly, I, we could just say read his letter again. He kind of touched on everything I want to say, so I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I did mention this time, But I was actually very impressed with that letter because he like talks about the dual monitors, talks about the game, talks about the series, talks about everything. So uh, we'll just he he took thirty seconds to tell you everything that Mike and I are now going to take half an hour to tell you about Nintendo's Punch Out from nineteen eighty four. That's the game we're talking about. I know. I thought my segue was really good. It was. <laughs>
2: Before beginning real work, every man should take mild doses of physic to work on the bowels. What? That's what this says. It's from Professor Michael J. Donovan, who was the third middleweight champion and the first to really capture the public's imagination. Later, he became the boxing instructor at the New York Athletic Club. And his essay on fight preparation pretty much considered the gold standard. Before beginning real work, every man should take mild doses of physic to work on the bowels. That's the gold standard. Yeah, I thought you could work it into the post-fight interview. Oh, you think? Champ, that was a heartbreaking loss. Do you think the outcome would have been any different if before starting you'd taken mild doses of physic to work on your bowels?
3: Hey, Elucidate is spelled the two L's, right?
2: One. Really? Yeah. Interesting. By the way, no Tim Turner tonight. Yeah, who do we have? Guy I've never heard of. Chuck Kimmel? Yeah. But you're supposed to call him Cutman. Not
3: calling him Cutman. He wants
2: to be called Cutman. Not Calling him Cutman. He trained Rocky Marciano. Yeah, and I made sweet love to Ava Gardner in Paris. That ruins Ava Gardner for me. I
0: love Ava Gardner.
2: Casey slept with her in France. While she was
0: doing Green Acres?
2: That's Ava Gabor. I
0: thought they were twins. That's Jaja Gabor. Which one did you sleep with in France? Ava like, Gardner.
2: Ava Gardner is dead. Ava Gabor was on Green Acres. Jaja Gabor is her sister.
0: Casey never slept with anybody in France. Thank you. Okay, I want to start by saying there's two exclamation points in the title,
1: and I, and I don't like that. Well, that just means that we have to shout it every time we say it. So we're talking about Nintendo Punch Out. (laughs) Punch Out, bang bang. (laughs) So Punch Out was released in 1984. It was Nintendo's not quite their final game uh, in the arcade. In 1984, the Famicom was really beginning to take off. Uh, Home home consoles were catching on in general, uh, and Nintendo decided that they were going to shift their focus over to to that market. I, I think the what was it the PC 10? No, the Versus system. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, came out after that, but I think this was the last official standalone Nintendo game in the arcades. Oh, was it? Uh, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. It is, uh, it is like we said, it's, obviously it's called Punch-Out, and it is a boxing game. Um, it led to uh, a whole series of these games, and I think the, the, the Nintendo one, I think is the one that everyone is more familiar with. And, and in fact, it had been such a long time since I played this when I was thinking about it i thought wasn't this called uh, mike tyson's punch out and that's because it it was but on uh uh, on on the console not
0: not the arcade Mm -hmm. that was yeah that was just the uh the home version was mike tyson's punch out which is kind of the version i always think of that's my that's my go-to version of this game really um i wasn't one to pop a lot of quarters into this one into the arcade because i've never been really a huge fan of fighting games, even this early, like the fighting games, the wrestling games. Some of them I would like if they were very cartoonish and over the top. That was more my style, and this seemed like more of a straight-ahead fighting game, so I didn't get into it at the time. And it's only subsequently I have become a fan of the game because I actually do quite enjoy it. Even if uh, a <laughs> big surprise, I'm not good at it. What a shocker! <laughs> it's another one of those. Um, so it is like, like I said, uh, essentially a, a, a boxing game, and. The thing that always jumps out right away, I think, is graphically, it's sort of an over-the-shoulder or kind of behind-your-head, really, point-of-view shot. So the boxer that you're playing is in the front of the screen, and then that boxer is facing your opponent, who's facing the the screen. And, of course, normally that would mean it's going to—your own body would be blocking your view of most of the opponent. But instead, what happens here is your head is filled in, your boxing gloves are filled in, and the rest of you is kind of—the a rest of your torso and arms are just wireframes. And that's a really neat thing to have done. And it's, it's sort of the thing that jumps out from this game right away. In earlier, like, home versions, they make you a little tiny guy. <laughs> and so you're really small. You can see. But here, it's the wireframe. So you're seeing through your own avatar. Um, I find that adds to the immersive quality. And it's a neat look. And it's something unique to the game. So it's, it's what jumps out at me first.
1: Yeah. And over on, uh, the, there's a, a series of interviews over on Nintendo.com. Um, and they're called the Awada asks and it's uh it looks like a a, a bunch of different interviews that whoever Awada is um did with uh, the Nintendo developers of you know he's got like the uh the Wii U interviews and the 3DS interviews and um and he also has a a, a, ser- a series of questions with the uh, original a lot of the original Nintendo designers and they talk about Donkey Kong and and um some of the other classics and they, they uh, Punch Out comes up because it was one of the last games that they did in the arcade, and they were talking about how in 1984 everybody was sort of leaning towards um, laser disc games, and and that's kind of how the industry was going. And the management, I guess, was thinking that they should come up with a laser disc game. And uh, even even back then, these guys knew that the laser discs were going to be a problem with maintenance, and they they wanted to. Um, do something else, but they needed to make it as visually arresting and impressive as what you were seeing with the LaserDisc games. And that's kind of what led to this, the the wireframe see-through thing. Um, And I think they did a really great job because it feels almost like, I mean, you're you're, you're not getting the, the actual video capture footage that you do on a lot of the LaserDiscs, but the game is, it's seamless. It never slows down. It's very smooth. And
0: it feels like it could be playing from a LaserDisc. Yeah, because they're such big sprites, normally these games, especially early 80s, your sprite on screen that you're controlling is a little tiny thing. And here you've got big opponents and big, so it really, it's it almost looks more like something that is just an animation because they're so large. Uh, but it's completely smooth running and seamless, and I guess the wireframe helped doing that. Um, but it's great. It's a great look. I, I really, really dig it. I think it's very effective. Yeah, so the the way it works is it's like you said, Carrington. This
1: isn't. Uh, it's a little bit more serious than like it is, we've talked about a couple of wrestling games in the past, and it's, a lot of those are very over the top and campy and silly. And this one uh, isn't quite that much, um, and, and it feels more like they wanted to do maybe a boxing simulation rather than than a parody or a send up or anything. Uh, you, your your character, your green boxer doesn't have a name, um, and you fight. Was it six? You fight six different opponents. Um, the first is Glass Joe, and then you go through to Piston, Hurricane, Bald Bull, Kid Quick, Pizza Pasta. And, <laughs> and you <laughs> you finish up with Mr. Sandman. And each one of them has its own um, strategy and mechanic. This is not a game that you, I found anyway, that when I was playing, you just rush in and, and start swinging. You're going to go down and you're going to go down quickly. You have to take your time with this one and and play a more defensive game and figure out um how to how to box each opponent and
0: uh, including pizza pasta <laughs> because n- nothing Nintendo likes to do than do stereotypes of italians <laughs> right. my goodness so
1: you you have a you do have a bunch of different punches that you can throw you uh, your character can be um in in up or down position um and as you 're punching you 'll see there 's a knockout meter that builds and um if your attacks are blocked, the meter drops. And, and when, it, when you reach the maximum, uh, then you can, throw, you can try and throw your, your knockout punch, which is either a right hook or an uppercut. Um, and the way that the game works is it's, it's sort of a momentum thing where if you start losing, it's easy to keep losing. Because sure is it has, <laughs> they, they, they put this thing in where if you get hit, you can't hit back for a second or two, which really, really makes it difficult. Take your time and, and learn this, learn how to 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 box each opponent, which I I really enjoyed. I, I mm-hmm. kind of thought it was sort of a neat way to 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 do the game, but it's it's fast paced enough, and there's enough um, action going on in the ring that that I'm I'm never bored. I'm never like, come on, let's let's get to this or whatever. Um, and while this is going on, there is a a, um, a voiceover, speech synthesized voiceover that's calling your your moves as as they're happening, and that I think kind of helps get you into the game, <laughs> and you get to hear body blow, <laughs> body right. blow, body blow, right. blow over and after <laughs> over. a little while, it does get repetitive. No, but, I like and it you... though.
0: I I completely agree. the voice The voice adds a lot. Body blow.
1: And if you get knocked down, it encourages you to get back up. And I think this is, I mean, overall, a really, really well put together game.
0: I agree. Yeah, I like, I, I like all those little elements. and really, It really gels. It's Nintendo, you know, firing on all pistons here. Um, I like the opponents. Like in a wrestling game or like this normal sort of fighting game, I, the variety of opponents is fun. And the fact that each one just doesn't look different but fights differently, um, thats that adds a lot to it. So it does make it more enjoyable. The first guy, Glass Joe, is basically just... I'm here to be beaten up. <laughs> so you don't really need strategy <laughs> on him, but everybody else. It's clear, like when you're fighting Piston Hurricane, he fights so differently. And when he gets that piston thing going, and you're like blah 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 blah, it makes it super fun, right? So and it, and it is different. And as you get into the like Kid Quick, if again it's different. Supposedly, people past that are different, you know. Supposedly, <laughs> but oh, it, I see. yeah. So it makes I I I like the the fact that there's you you've got to not rush makes. A, a nice compliment to the fact that there is still a time limit going like there still is you it's not rounds there's you get three minutes and that's it and you can't win by decision um you got to knock out your opponent within those three rounds like i think later games have a tko rule well here i guess technically you because if you're if anybody's ever knocked down for the third time they're always out so i guess that's technically it would be a kind of a tko rule but mm-hmm. um there's no win by decision here it is what i'm trying to say is that you've got three minutes and and you've got to knock out your opponent, or you always lose. In three,
3: two. Good evening from New York City. I'm Dan Rydell alongside Casey McCall for this special CSC presentation. Rivera, Willis, the battle by the boardwalk. 12-round bout for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Dan's talking about the entire world, Asia, everybody. We're moments away from the bell, so let's go to Bally's Park Place in Atlantic City, where Chuck Kimmel will be with us throughout the rest of the evening. Chuck? You there? Chuck? Casey. Cutman.
4: Hello, Casey. I'm right here at ringside at Bally's, where the breakfast buffet is $3.95, the slots are loose, and the showgirls are fantastic. Oh, my God. No, I've been there. It's trimmer
3: and how about a prediction
4: well when it comes to the sweet science I'm not much on predictions Casey but I will say this one of these fighters is going to win this bout tonight and the other will almost surely not
3: Cutman, going out on a limb hey Chuck Casey Cutman. yes sir how many rounds
4: 12 rounds in the bout Casey
3: yes I meant how many of those do you think they're actually going to have to how, how long is the fight going to be
4: it's going to go the distance Casey you think so Absolutely, Casey. I'm Dan. So strap yourselves in, folks. We're in for the night. Twelve rounds from here at Bally's Park Place, just a stone's throw down the boardwalk from where a new Miss America was crowned just a few months ago. Miss Rochester, I believe it was. Okay, well, uh, Rochester's not a state, but we'll have somebody look that up. I'll go. Sit down. Rivera's looking good. What are you looking
2: at? The fight. The fight hasn't started yet. I meant in his robe. It's a nice robe. It really is. You want a robe like that, Pumpkin? Oh, the shit that up about the, the robe.
3: No, it's a city, Cutman, in upstate New York. Contestants in the Miss America pageants have to come from one of the 50 states.
4: <laughs> well, I hate to correct you on your own show, Casey, but there's 52 states with Alaska and Rhode Island. Okay. Though so I'm no college professor, you see. Well,
3: that's almost hard to believe, Cutman.
4: <sighs> Thank you, Casey. Hey... Cut, man. You see that television monitor under your camera? Yes, sir.
3: I'm Dan. He's Casey. We're ringside at Bally's Park Place, and the voice in my ear says we're ready to go right now.
0: The, um, the opponents will have, like, a tell sometimes before their big thing. Like, their eyes will glow yellow before their big charging attack and stuff. And, and I like that. Like, it's, it's, again, it's as serious as a Nintendo game is ever going to get, but it's still fun they're they're focused on the enjoyment and they still have those cartoon elements and I think that adds a lot to the game and makes it I for me anyway much more enjoyable than a straight ahead full on you know proper boxing simulation would be. I want my games to be more game like and Nintendo always brings that to it so so I I dig that a lot. Um and again the voice I, I the voice is just like in the feedback we have. the voice is something that makes this game stand out when you're playing an arcade in an arcade a few games down from this game you're aware that this game exists because you're hearing that body blow and you're hearing the, the 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 you know mostly you're hearing body blow over and over again <laughs> but you but you also hear like the left and right for punching the head and stuff and so it's that voice mixed in with the sounds that really it jumps out it's so iconic i i, I really dig it So i like the look and i really like the sound and it's a good combo yeah,
1: I, I don't have a lot to complain about with this game. I, I, I had I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, I never felt, obviously, as you get deeper into the game, it gets much harder. So, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was going to be able to just rush through all of the boxers or, uh, you know, learn learn a, a particular punch pattern where I could beat them every single time uh, I was in the ring. Um, but at the same time, I, I didn't feel like, you know, I'm going to go up
0: and, and Glass Joe's going to knock me down three punches and that's going to be it. I did um, read some strategies for what to do. I wasn't really able to implement them because I just get into the game and just, you know, do my rhythm and then get Uh knocked out. But supposedly, here's what you're supposed to do. Glass Joe, he basically just waits to be beaten. He's a masochist. So just (laughs) pound on him. But Piston Hurricane. So for him, you're supposed to do more body blows and then hit him in the head when he charges at you. So you do the charge and that's when you hit him. Uh, Bald Bull, same sort of thing. Like do the hit when he's charging. Um, and he, supposedly he's actually easier to hit during the charge, and I—that's what I found for him. He yeah. was a guy who really caught on where he charges, then you smack him in the head, and you're like, "Oh, well, there is- we go." So, Kid Quick, you're supposed to do the following: you do a right to the head, and when that connects, he's going to counter, and you've got to dodge that, and then you do three quick left jabs, and mm-hmm. that's the key to beating Kid Quick. Pizza Pasta, what you do is mock him for being a racial stereotype, or <laughs> you could dodge right, because he tries to grab you. So he's a grappler. So when he tries to grab you, you dodge to the right, and then you punch him in the head until he's down. <laughs> it's a very violent game for Nintendo. And then Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. What you're supposed to do with him is dodge and counter. That's all I got for you. That's what it says, dodge and <laughs> counter. So I guess he's more like fluid. You gotta float like a butterfly, etc. Um super fun though, and I like I again I like the personalities. I mean they're comical personalities. But I dig it, and once you go through your characters, they then, for the most part, repeat. When, when you beat Mister Sandman, you become the champion. The game just sort of starts over. It's a game that just goes on forever. No, uh, no kill screen here. Well, other than every time, I guess it's a KO screen. Um, so it repeats. But in the second time through, when you're when you're fighting the uh, the members of the what is it, the World Bo- Video Boxing Association, you don't fight Kid Quick. The the second time through, but Pizza Pasta is there, but he only appears twice. So if you're on the third time through, you don't get Pizza Pasta again. And coincidentally, those two characters are the only ones that would never appear again in future games in the series. So Glass Joe, Piston Hurricane, Bald Bull, and Mr. Sandman are all people that you can fight in subsequent Punch-Out! games, um, but not Kid Quick and Pizza Pasta, who also have the shortest appearance in this game. So that's a neat little sort of ties up, I think. Uh well,
1: I wouldn't know about later appearances in this game because I never got past Mr. Sandman. In fact, I never got to Mr. Sandman.
0: You and me, baby. You and me. <laughs> uh the game
1: features a Z eighty at four megahertz for the for the the central CPU. Uh the N2A03, um I guess maybe that's a custom Nintendo chip, uh, at uh one point seven eight nine seven seven two megahertz. That's for the sound, and it uses a, a VLM. Five zero three zero at three point five eight megahertz for specifically for the speech synthesis. Um, There are two video screens, uh, which I think we mentioned, um, and they're both two fifty six by two twenty four. Your standard
0: arcade video monitor. Carrington, tell me about the cabinet. Well, the first thing that jumps out is exactly like you say. It's It's the dual monitors. I mean, they're stacked one on top of the other. Um, and that's exciting and different. And so basically makes this cabinet a giant early version of the Nintendo DS, but just less portable. <laughs> um, and I dig it. Like, so the top monitor is showing stats and stuff. And the bottom monitor is the, is the main display you play on. And it's iconic looking. It's cool looking. Um, it's a precursor to the, the PlayChoice 10, which comes out right afterwards or maybe right for, roughly around the same time. Um, and that's, but it's, but it's neat. Like, again, you're you're looking down a line of arcade games and Nintendo was smart to say, we got, what do you do to differentiate by this point? By 84, you know, what do you do to stand out? And this has got voice and this has got two monitors. You're you're going to be aware of it when you're playing a game down the row because you keep hearing body blow and you're going to see it when you walk in because those stacked monitors. So it's a great looking cabinet and really is something different. Um, I dig it. I dig it a lot. The two monitors also essentially are the same the reason you're getting dual amplifiers and the dual uh, for the sound which is why you're getting not really stereo sound here but really uh sound with good separation and it's one there's two speakers but it's not stereo one speaker is just for the voices and one speaker is for the game audio and um and the, the you know the crowd and that sort of stuff and because it's got the two separate amplifiers inside there so that's neat um one joystick and three buttons like we talked about four way joystick and for your dodging and moving sort of into the high punching or low punching position, two of the buttons control those punches it 's your left and right punch, and when you 're punching high up, when you connect that 's when the voice will say "left or right" for punching on the opponent 's head and when you 're doing a body blow that 's when you hear the body blow and why you hear that so often it 's so iconic is either punch left or right just counts as body blow it doesn 't like you know separately label the kidneys <laughs> and um, <laughs> but what 's neat is of course bottom right-hand corner of the control panel is the big knockout button um that you had talked about that where there's that ko meter and when it gets full then you're encouraged to you know knock out your opponent and you've got a full separate button for that to deliver either an uppercut or right hook depending on whether you're in the high or low position great control panel that really fits the gameplay and it's just buttons and joysticks nothing too set too special other than the the ko buttons like a or is a big button um but it's such a perfect blend of game mechanic and control panel that I really, really like it. It's it's among the best control panels for a Nintendo game, I think. I, I, I dig it a lot. Now, lots of these cabs were converted into super punch-out cabinets, and... Um, they basically just you know could drop in a conversion and then instead of getting full new side art you just got a super side art that you attach Mm -hmm. to the side to turn into a super punch out um so lots of the it's harder to find these cabs because so many were converted to super punch out and then so many were then in turn converted into play choice 10 which became a thing so it's a little rare to find an original punch out that because just you know so often they were converted into something else still nintendo but converted a lot um, the other thing to mention about the cabinet is free play on the cabinet, which is while you're collecting it. Usually you're not going to charge your friends coins. I would, but you know, that's me. <laughs> and um, it normally just displays static images if you put it in free play, which is dull, but also could burn in the monitors. But a cloth member made a free play mod that lets you have a proper, you're moving a tracked screen. So that's sort of the a very popular change to make to a, a, a cabinet if you were to pick up one, but I dig That's it. So I dig the, the cabinet a lot.
1: That's uh, it's really neat. Yeah. Um, John's com has uh, a, he did a, a restore on, on a punch out cabinet and uh, he describes this as his biggest restore to date, requiring an insane amount of work. I think just because of the condition of the cab, not because it was a punch out or anything. It said it took him uh, more than 40 hours, uh, Uh, of work to to restore this thing he's got a a whole bunch of pictures um a neat neat little piece there definitely worth checking out his his Uh, stuff always
0: is yep love we're in the basement but i just um (laughs) love those videos man that guy really knows what he's talking about and just great every time he'll talk about or restore a cabinet you watch those. i always learn something it's he drops science baby just knows the most like Crazy small details about these games and their history. Really, really informative. Love them.
1: Yep, definitely worth uh, checking that out. There's a video there to to watch as well. Uh, Punch-Out was the first in a, a series of boxing games from Nintendo. There was Super Punch-Out for the arcade. There was also uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on the NES, as we mentioned. There was Super Punch-Out on the SNES. And I believe there was um, also a Punch-Out on the Wii. And the interesting thing here is that uh so the whole series is the brainchild of, of Nintendo developer Genio Genyo, uh Takeda and he has worked on every single one of these games. Oh well that's nice. Yep. Cool. So it's got a real
0: uh lineage.
1: Yep, all and including the Wii. So he I guess he's still at Nintendo all these years later. And I was reading that that uh the um Iwata asks interview and I guess he was he was also Nintendo's first game developer. Uh, I'm not I may have
0: misread that. Fought his way in <laughs> with a lot of body blows. Uh,
1: <laughs> he he has been there for a long long time and and
0: this the series is is his brainchild. And in case you're wondering, I have indeed checked out Handheld Empire <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, fool me once, baby. And um there were uh, Game and Watch versions. So there was the the usual handheld stuff, but a cool handheld um this teeny tiny thing called a micro versus system that I was totally unaware of. And this game was released originally just called Boxing, but then it came out the same year as Punch-Out. <laughs> well, why aren't we capitalizing on that? So then it got re-released as, Box- as Punch-Out. Um, so it's got the central part that's kind of the size of a game and watch, but rounded. And that's got the display. And then instead of playing on that single player, it's got two... Um controllers that plug in two wired controllers that are themselves two tiny little controllers <laughs> and the lcd's on the main screen. And so you play a, a versus, versus version of of boxing. Um so really cool, really cool, neat little handheld. And I'd never heard of the micro versus systems games at all. And uh I will have a link in the to the show notes to handheld Empire, because again, I'm now re aware of that site. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh that's interesting. I yeah. I didn't didn't know about that either. Um a little bit of a trivia here. Uh, The game's title music is actually uh, Gillette's Look Sharp March, which was the jingle that was heard with uh, um, Gillette's old radio and television commercials, and later showed up on on the uh, Gillette Cavalcade of Sports, which aired boxing matches. I did not
0: know that. Now you do. No, I don't. Didn't didn't (laughs) stitch. Already forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Harder to uh, teach me stuff than just that, Mister McGinnis. Think <laughs> you can right. get through to my brain that easy? No. I I'll don't keep think hammering so. away, and eventually we'll body we'll blow. <laughs> body blow. It Exclu- was <laughs> right.
1: Uh, I like this game a lot. It'll be mm-hmm. one that I continue to play well into the future. I don't know that I saw it a whole lot in the arcades. Um, I think because um, because it came out later. It's definitely a, a later game, nineteen eighty four. Weirdly, I um, remember
0: Super Punch Out more. Um, it came out not too much later a lot of things got converted so what I was playing in arcades in late 80s I frequently would see Super Punch Out but much more rarely see the original
1: Yeah I um I, I think I do remember seeing Super Punch Out and and you know like you said when I think of this game the one I think of is Mike Tyson's mm-hmm. um Punch Out and uh which is obviously based on this one but there's a, a, I haven't played it on the uh Nintendo but from what I was reading there's a lot of variation in in. There's enough changes where it's it's definitely its own game. You can tell it kind of came from this one, but uh, I I like this and and I don't know that I need to rush right out and and find a, a cabinet because yes it's, Oh, all right then I'll, I'll go do <laughs> we'll, that. We'll wait. Um, I do like the fact that you you have the dual monitor thing going on, which means that they could really sort of open up the lower monitor where you're playing to just the 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 ring and the action and the yeah. stats and everything. we up above and. And and they didn't have to kind of crowd in like some of the other other games
0: do. I agree. And, and it's fun. And just with that hint of entertaining cartooniness to it that I think makes this game have a lot of appeal beyond just people who would be fans of boxing games. So I think like if you're turned off. By the idea of playing it, because you're thinking, ah, I don't really like fighting games or boxing games. It's one to try because it's it's more fun than you would think, and it's more accessible than you would think, and yet it still has that real sort of boxing gameplay where you've got to start to have a strategy against a particular opponent, um, and so that makes it fun as well. So I think I think it's got a good broad appeal. So I I, I highly recommend it, and it's a good looking cabinet. So overall, it's it's a big win here. I think.
3: Dan Rydell alongside Casey McCall In a match that serves as a fine example Of just how good this sport can be Henry Rivera sent Clayton Willis to the mat In just 7 seconds into round 1 We'll break the fight down Nanosecond by nanosecond And have a word with the once and future champ Henry
4: Rivera But first we've got Chuck Kimmel standing by live Chuck Danny Cutman, Casey Dan I'll just say this That was a hell of a bout Yes indeed What do you suppose happened there? First
1: round knockout, Dan. One of the reasons I'm not a big fan of the fighting games is just because of the over um, the top violence and even like you know if you get into Mortal Kombat and things like that, there's blood and gore and you're ripping people's spines out and that's it's not really it doesn't appeal to me.
0: This is a game where
1: yeah you, you know, know that's work right?
0: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's that's what I do when I get what, paid, you want something different know? on weekends. Right. So, you know,
0: relax something um, that keeps your mind off
1: the ripping spines out. <laughs> Uh, Punch Out is is um yeah, it's a boxing game, but there's there's no blood. There's you know there's n no, no, no guys eyes. You're not your
0: eye isn't swelling. Actually, up you're in... just not very good at the game. Like.
1: Oh, that must be it. <laughs> um, I, but I it's it's removed enough from reality that that I can enjoy it and and not worry about like feeling like I'm beating somebody to mm-hmm. death or something. So, um, speaking of beating someone to death, how did you do, Carrington?
0: <laughs> I got beaten to death, baby. I never. <laughs> I, I lost against... The best I did this week was I got as far as Kid Quick, the fourth boxer, but mm-hmm. that's as far as I got. I was never able to beat him. I frequently wouldn't even get to him. I like the game, but huh, we, I should just have this as a recording. I like the game, but I'm not good at it. Whoa, what a shocker. <laughs> uh, I know I say that every week, but I do like the game. And I am not good at it, so what am I supposed to say? So best I did this week, according to my screenshots here, is 85,240 um which sounds like a high number but frankly it really isn't for this kind of game and you because you get a big bonus every time you you beat somebody so your my score like right before beating number three might have been like 60,000 and then you jump up to 80 because you, you get a big bonus every time you knock someone out so most most of the time you can tell what someone's score is just by or you can tell what where somebody ended by what their score is because those big bonuses so best i did was against kid quick who just kept knocking me out and 85,240 so what about you, Mike?
1: I got a little bit further than you. Than you. Um, I got to to pizza pasta Ooh. and uh, and I think I was so offended by the stereotype that I just he'd uh, <laughs> he me down before I could my 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 indignation and outrage could calm down enough for me to play the game. Um, I, and the best I did was one hundred and forty four thousand six hundred and fifty.
0: That's still very good, I think. I well, mean, well, like
1: and like you said, you get that big bonus jump mm-hmm. between between rounds, right? Um, and,
0: and and you're you're. My score would also vary quite a bit during the round. Um, It it seems to be like you're really rewarded for blocks and stuff. It's not just... I don't know. It was hard to see the score because you're you're focusing on fighting. But I would feel like I'd look at my score and after not landing a punch but doing a lot of blocking, my score would have raised a lot. So I think, though I'm not certain, I think you get rewarded quite a bit for playing defensively. So you're able to control your score a lot as well. And I guess probably if you drag out games, because you don't see... I don't think the score you get or the bonus you get is that tied to the time at least it didn't seem to or maybe i was always ending around the same time so it seemed to be more about a, a bonus based on how you did i don't know you know what i don't even know i just know that you beat me <laughs> what, what can i what can i say one thing i should point out though speaking of being sort of offended by stereotypes and i, I it's the elephant in the room but i think it's worth mentioning like we you know nobody ever wants to talk about this stuff but it's a it's a boxing game And you, for the most part, fight against people of color, except for Glass Joe. But you don't get to pick your character. And this is a game where it's all men, which kind of makes sense because boxing is divided by gender. So in the real world. But you play a white dude, and that's what you're going to play. So uh, there is no other choice here. There's no choice of characters you get to play. And you are going to play, essentially, uh, the great white hope. And you're going to go in a fight. And that jumped out at me a bit in a way that I wouldn't. I, I know I didn't notice in the 80s when I first played these games, but it's something that I come to a boxing game and I notice right now. I'm like, okay, so it's going to be this white guy against people of color, and that's what we're playing. And the pizza pasta guy doesn't really offend me because it's like <laughs> Nintendo and you just sort of roll yeah. your eyes at it. Um, but this one, I was like, really? Really? That's our choice? So um, just something, I mean, doesn't, again, doesn't really offend me, but it's certainly something that at this point in the, in the world, I can't not see it. So I just wanted to bring it up.
1: Well, and and the twist on this though is that the game wasn't created by white guys; it was created by Japanese men. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure what that says about it, if anything. But other than that, they that's the stereotype that they see when they they look at Americans. I'm not. I I don't know. But you're right. Yeah, there there is a lot of this this you know the the uh, white male hero. Mm-hmm. And, in 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 arcade games in general and especially when it comes
0: to to games like this yeah and it's one of those things where i am a white male hero so it (laughs) it doesn't affect me as much but i'm so aware that so few games let you you know pick like i you know it just it seems to me that i've like I, i i guess i'm just appreciating my privilege that like all games offer a main character who is me if you want to be a white dude you totally get to be the main character, but if you want to be a woman or a person of color or somebody who's differently abled or what have you, uh, too bad. Seek out a, seek out an indie game. Just, I'm just so aware of it, like it just. And I guess I guess I'm I'm lucky because it always gets to be me. So go go Carrington. <laughs> it's like, although maybe I look a little more like bald bull to be honest, but <laughs> yeah, what can you do? That said, I mean, it's not that I'm offended by the game. It's just is something you can't not be aware of it anymore. Um, but it is a game I really enjoy, though. It's like, it's it's. I'm not into fighting games and I'm certainly not into boxing games, but this game is fun to play. Like I totally give this one a yeah. thumbs up. I really do enjoy playing it. I'm glad we played it this week, even though you beat me. Boo. I say to that, I boo, <laughs> boo on you, sir. Boo. But I like playing the game. so it was fun.
1: Yeah. I had a good time. I, I don't tend to like the button masher fighting games just because this doesn't feel to... that mashy though. Well, does it exactly? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. You, you, I'm not like, Just randomly pushing buttons and jerking the stick and hoping that I land a punch. Well, I am, Um, but then I die. um. It
0: it teaches you. If you just spam the punch button, you are going to lose. You have to play this a little slower, a little more methodically with some thought. And I really like that the game leads you towards that kind of gameplay because that kind of gameplay is far more rewarding than just spamming the punch buttons
1: right it's it's an action game but there's nuance and strategy there and that's what really appealed to me which is
0: why i lost (laughs) but i still like it i still i still do dig it so well well chosen you mr mcginnis
1: so what are we going to play next week that we're recording in just a few minutes i guess we'll have a chance to guess (laughs) at.
0: i guess we're about to find out what's it sound like why it sounds like
1: this All right, so uh, we'll see. Well, you'll hear us in uh, a week, and, and, but, but we'll see you in a couple of minutes. Bye.
0: You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast feedback can be sent by email to no quarter at monsterfeet.com or you can find us on Facebook as no quarter podcast and on Twitter we are at no quarter show. You can also find us on both the throwback network and the real retro junkies network All of these links plus the show notes are available at monsterfeet.com and like all monsterfeet podcasts, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain.
2: seven seconds isaac we're on the air another 88 minutes i have a hunch we're going to be able to replay it a couple of times
0: casey ask him what kind of punch he threw what
2: did he throw cut man it
4: was a a right hook with a bit of a jab
2: a jabbing
4: right hook that's right casey
3: and he did it with his left hand
4: this fighter's got remarkable skills He's not to be trifled with, Casey. I thought they were supposed to be prepared, Natalie.
2: Lena, let me see some of that homework you're supposed to have done, Casey.
4: Cutman, this has to be
3: a heartbreaking loss for Clayton Willis. Do you think the outcome would have been any different if Willis had taken mild doses of physics to work in his bowels?